Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 65. And unfortunately, we weren't recording this midweek when Juventus actually won a game. We were recording this the day after Juventus dropped points again and is now officially sitting in the relegation zone. So on that happy note, let me bring in a slightly smaller crew here and we'll get to that in a second here of chucks hello chucks hey i'm not used to saying you first (laughs) yeah yeah it messes with your flow doesn't it (laughs) yeah that is funny actually we uh yeah you kind of have a flow and then that gets a little changed but uh yeah uh let's uh let's go rolling and last but not least but officially second here is sergio romero hello sergio hello fellas have to be here shorthanded crew but still Happy to be here. Happy to, to give the people a show. And you, faithful listener, might be wondering, well, where the hell is the first guy that you usually bring in here on pretty much every podcast episode since we started this thing up almost a year and a half ago now? And well, it's safe to say that Sam Lepresti's Monday was a whole lot better than his Sunday. And that's because officially baby Lepresti has arrived. So I want to say, and I speak for all of us here, congratulations to both Sam and Rebecca. Let me let me just say that baby Julian has arrived. Nine pounds, one one ounce. From the few short texts that I've heard from Sam today, and obviously, as you might expect, it's a little bit busy on his end, being a first-time father. That mother and child are doing well. So, who knows about father? But mother and child are doing well. So, congratulations to Sam and his wife. And baby number one is uh, officially here. So. Hooray, hooray, and now on to the not-so-happy stuff, being Juventus. So as I do a lot of times, I I reference the mailbag pretty early in this part of the show, and I think it's safe to say Sergio had a brought up a, a, a talking point that we've discussed a few times, especially in the middle of Andrea Pirlo's one season as manager, and that is, is Juventus just, you know, a team that makes these mistakes – by chance, or is that just who essentially who they are these days? So Sergio, after Juventus's one-one draw against Milan, in which they threw away points again, and I believe Juventus has now thrown as many points away in European in Europe's top five leagues as much. Let me start that over. They've thrown away more points than any club in Europe's top five leagues, not named Burnley. And they've thrown away eight, and Juventus has thrown away seven. So on that happy note, Sergio, how happy was your Sunday? Uh, it, not 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 a lot because <laughs> I, I was also suffering from a little bit of a post vaccination, uh, you know, symptoms. So it was overall not the greatest Sunday. I, I will say that. But uh, you know, here here's the bright spot. Like you said, it's only the second worst team in the top five European leagues. So already, you know, not Woo. the worst. Also, I read somewhere that this is the second worst start that Juventus has had in, in league play. So again, bright spot, not the worst overall, second worst overall. And, and in a weird way, and I know it's it's hard to find, you know, a lot of positives, but in a weird way that if you want to be the glass half full kind of guy, that means that they're actually getting leads. Like they're not getting blown out. This is not a team that is getting blown out. And sure, it wasn't the, the best result, especially given that 
it was another game in which they they could have easily easily picked up the win and we're sitting here talking about how again they made a mistake and they cost themselves points that that's you know that that's not great that's not great let's just put it like that but i still think that we saw a lot of good things in that milan game that if you want to you know, try to be a little positive. If you want to say, hey, this is still early in the season. This doesn't mean that the year is over because we're in September. I I would point to that. I would point to the team actually playing really damn well for like 70 minutes. And that's not nothing. This is a team that has experienced some, some growing pains. Perhaps a lot of us thought that they would just, you know, hit hit the track because... Max Allegri was back and he was like an old coach and we all thought it was going to be like good old times again. He's still a new coach. You still have to give him time. And I do think there has been some steady progression from the first game and the second game to right now. So Kalmian is someone who wishes and still believes that this team will be fighting for the title when the season is, you know, when we're in February, March, April. And not like a lot of people who are already kind of like saying that the season's over when it's match day four. Like, I think, sure, it has been bad, but it is match day four. Like, you still have to give them a little bit of time. So, so yeah, that that's me for, for the, you know, optimist side. Chucks, what about you? Just, you know. Where's your mind at? Transition. <laughs> wow, that was a seamless transition. It's almost like you've done this before. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, um, obviously I have to be the contrarian. Well, I mean, only a little bit. I agree. I think the first half we were well on top. I thought, yeah, first half we were very good. So, you know, but as the title of your grab bag went, uh, same old, same old. It was indeed the same old, same old <laughs> in terms of great first half and then Second half really just, well, tails off slash is bad. I think, yeah, I agree in the sense that the first half of the second half was still, I mean, it wasn't as as dominant as as the first half. You You can never really maintain that type of intensity anyway for a full 90 minutes. Um, I I mean, I rarely see teams maintain that type of intensity, um, that full throttle intensity for 90 minutes. I mean, it's, it's physically almost impossible. But, you know, anyway, the first, like, yeah, 10, well, 15 minutes or so of the second half, I thought, yeah, still solid enough. But then, you know, we really, really lost control of the game and to the point where at the end of the game, I mean, it almost looked like Milan could grab the winner. They probably should have, with especially with that incredible save by... Uh, uh, Chesney and the, I think towards the tail end of the game, I forget what minute it was, but that was, I mean, incredible, incredible save. And really that was a save that he needed just for his sake of his confidence. And, you know, after everything he's been through the last, uh, what is it, four or five games or so, um, he really, really needed like a big game winning save. But yeah, I mean, I was just worrying just to the fact that like, like I don't mind if you don't dominate like full throttle dominate 90 minutes. I think that's kind of unrealistic to expect, but it does kind of irritate slash concern me if you dominate 45 minutes and then go completely from like 100 to zero in the last 20-ish minutes or so. That's like, I'd rather smooth it out to like, 
okay, you dominate fully and then you, you know, it's kind of even for the rest of the game. I think that's okay. You know, you consolidate the game as the game continues and you just kind of um, ease the game to its end. Um, that's fine. But, and I think that was a, like at the peak of Allegri era, that was Juve, you know, that was like our MO. It's the whole one nil stuff. You score a reasonably early get a goal, preferably sometime in the second or in the first half. And then, yeah, you just ride out the rest of the game. You know, you don't dominate fully or anything, but you just kind of control matters. But I think we're just not that team anymore. I think I've just kind of come to uh, come to the conclusion, just kind of come to peace with the fact that we're not that team anymore. Uh, because to be that type of team, I think as a fundamental requirement, you have to be great in defense <laughs> and we're not <laughs> right now. I mean, what is it now? Uh, 18 games, I guess, consecutively that we haven't had a clean sheet. Uh, I don't remember. They had one against um, Malmo Chucks. Oh, uh, well, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, okay. League games, and it's been, I don't know, four score in 100 years. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. Yes. So, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, our first clean sheet since, I mean, centuries and centuries was against, you know, yeah, a Swedish. I mean, with all respect, of course you know, relatively low ranking Swedish team. So, um, yeah, I just think that game plan is just, I don't know. I, I just don't really believe in that game plan anymore of like, okay, score to one nil, grind it out, grind it out to the rest of the game. I think honestly, I hate to say this, but I think we're just going to have to become kind of like an arsenal, just score, score five, concede three, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I just don't think, we just have the team to do that grinding out games kind of thing. We have a pretty decent attack. So I don't know. I think really, I, th- I guess we should just be like, you know, score one nil score and just keep going for more goals. And then, yeah, we're probably going to concede goals, but we're conceding goals now as well. So, you know, yeah, I think just, yeah, go for broke. Um, you know, go for broke. You think? <laughs> well, I guess just to push back on that a little bit is that they were defending really well for, as you said, that first 60, 70 minutes. And the problem is, is that literally one mistake is what separated them from a win and a draw. And obviously they had chances to add on to their lead. That came back to bite them in the And then obviously Manuel Locatelli losing track of Rebic, Adrian Rabio not literally standing where Wojciech Chesney told him to stand bit Juventus in the ass. And now it's it's just to the point where this team is just walking such a fine line with its results that one mistake, whereas years past, one mistake they could get away with it. Now it's like one mistake is what is costing them points multiple games to begin this season and honestly the last couple of years. But it's just with the way that this season has started, and with who's now managing it, you expected some of that to be fixed, and it's it hasn't been fixed yet. And now we're in a situation where Juventus has two points in four games, and there are only two teams below them in the standings. Two teams. Yeah, and and, and I, I think that is exactly the problem. I think it's in the past we were able to get away with mistakes like that. You know, it's like the quality of the team was, I mean, great enough. And the quality of other teams, uh, or the quality of the rest of the league was lower. I mean, I think that's, you know, we all agree 
that the, the the league is much much stronger now than it was uh you know three four five years ago but yeah no in the past i mean we were able to get away with the mistakes like that um we would either be able to just quickly hit back a score like in this case the two one and then just be all right with it or i don't know you know we had the bbc defense at their peak and yeah i mean it just the quality of the team was great enough that we could just overcome mistakes like that but i think now we just don't and um yeah i'm just trying to think of like the yeah the most effective strategy now given given our team and this and and yeah i mean i, I agree we did defend well for you know a good hour or so but yeah i i guess that's the thing is like we don't have maybe the quality anymore to really defend at that concentration level that we did for the first 60 minutes for really the entire 90 minutes but uh, yeah i don't know i I, like I said, I hate to kind of go for the kind of that. It's weird. I call it the Arsenal style of football, but anyway, the kind of EPL style of football of like, okay, you, you score five, we'll score seven. But yeah, I, I think it's just also because we do have the offensive quality. Uh, once Chiesa is fully fit, you know, Dybala is playing great, uh, great football right now. Uh, Morata as well. He's, he's, you know, just definitely, uh, he's actually being consistent, which is remarkable. <laughs> so yeah, I think we have the quality up front to just be, more of a goal scoring threat and we don't quite have the ability to keep that 90 keep that level of focus for 90 minutes but yeah who knows i might be might be wrong who knows yeah, and i think it has a lot to do with with that exactly just it's it's balance i think what this team's still lacking is it's balance because they that first half they really went for it i, I think it was a very complete first half a very you know, that they pressed a lot, that they really went for every ball, they they tried really, really, really hard. And and that that works when you know your strategy is exactly to kind of like back off and just defend in the second half. I don't think necessarily that 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 was wrong, perhaps in, in terms of game management, because it was working, because it, it really was working for a lot for the vast majority of that second half. I think Asimilang, they were really doing nothing. Like they, they had a lot of the position, but it was really, you know, shades of Juventus actually last year when they would have, you know, the majority of the possession, but they would really do nothing with it and just kind of like throw some, you know, hey, we're like um, crosses and, and just some, you know, 30 yard shots. I mean, it was really, really well executed. And like we're, Saying once the the Milan goal, once the comes in, at that point the attack and tries to go on the offensive, and they almost lose the game on a counterattack uh, in the in the dying minutes. So I, I don't know really, you know, what you do in that situation because if you do go like if you're st- if you're sitting on a one nil lead and you go for broke and you try to get that second goal, you know, who's to say that then Milan doesn't counterattack you and you end up conceding anyway? I, I think. It's it's more about you know both Allegri and and both the team and kind of figuring out the right balance between not you know fully going all out and not fully defending for ninety minutes. I, I think there has to be a balance struck between the two and and I do think and again this 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 is might seem uh, optimistic or uh, for a lot of people who really don't want to hear it right now. You know it, you have to still be patient with this team because there's still a lot of things, a lot of players that are new for Allegri that he's managing them for the first time. I think Manuel Locatelli had a very good game 
he's still a good, like a new player. He's still settling into his role. I think Rabiot, you know, I don't know if that's the best place to put him. He definitely, I think he definitely was the one that was, you know, I don't know if most to blame, but he definitely was to blame for that goal. I don't know if putting him there is, is really fitting him so far, but that's the thing. I think this team is still very clearly in a stage of figuring it out. And, and I, at least I've seen enough flashes between the, the vast majority of the Milan game and the Malmo game midweek, which I think has been, you know, far and away the best game we've seen from, from Juve this year. I, I think I've seen enough. I've seen enough flashes and we have the track record of a coach like, like Allegri that his teams kind of have always taken a little bit of time to gel, a little bit of time to come together. So I, I, I still I still think that despite the results being what they are, I still think, at least for this game, there was a lot of positives to, to take out of it. You know, sure, the result is not what we wanted. Sure, the mistakes are still there, which is frustrating for everyone. But I still think that there was a lot, a lot to like in, in Juventus this week as a whole. Because like I said, the Malmo game was really good. The Milan game was for the most part, really good. I, I, I think we're starting to see a little bit of what this team could end up being a couple weeks down the road, a couple months down. Yeah, and the unfortunate part in this is that, you know, and I said it in my postgame thread, is that because of the situation you've, Juve finds themselves in and the fact that they have dropped so many points to begin the season, you know, a draw against Milan, which in theory wouldn't be the worst result in the world, looks bad both because of how they lost the lead and also because they, they dropped points again. And for a team that desperately needs points to not only catch up to the rest of the pack, but just to move up the table, you know, you can't be having these kinds of results. And, and you know, the point to my postgame thread again, you know, we should be talking about how well Paulo Dybala played. We should be talking about Alvaro Morata potentially going on one of those goal-scoring runs where he scores, you know, eight, nine goals and in what feels like a couple of weeks and we're not. And that's, I guess that's the frustrating part for me is that there's like you said, Sergio, there was a lot of good to come out of this game, but because of how those last 20 or so minutes went and how Juventus coughed up the lead and eventually dropped points again, we're kind of, (laughs) we're back to where we've been not only as Juventus fans, but on this podcast talking about the same old problems again. Yeah. And, and, um, Kind of as a side note here, I did just want to point out, uh, you know, you mentioned Morata. Just what a really, really excellent goal that was that he scored. Because that's really not easy to to make a run from all the way from the halfway line. While Teo Hernandez is still, you know, hot on your tails. And, you know, he's not slow either. I mean, Hernandez is, uh, you know, pretty speedy guy. So you have to pay attention to three things. You have to pay attention to, okay, there's really fast defenders on my back. Uh, I start to cross half of the pitch and I have to make sure that the ball is still under my control slash close enough to me. And, you know, I have to also watch how far the goalkeeper is, you know, when he's coming off his line. So um, that was really, really well done um, by Morata. So I did, you know, want to point that out. But yeah, I mean, you know, to to Danny's point and to, to um, Sergio's point, yeah, indeed. It's like you said, Danny, in isolation of 1-1 against Milan really is... I mean, it's a fair enough result. It's, I mean, it's not brilliant, but it's it's a fair enough result. Um, you know, that's a big team. And yeah, I mean, 
it's it's generally okay but um given as i said you know given that the the league is just much stronger this year and you know the last two years compared to you know prior four you know years ago or so uh, there's just so much less room for error there's less room for us to kind of find our feet and like figure things out because I mean, teams are just winning games. I mean, Inter are surprisingly still very strong. Can't believe Roma is good <laughs> with Mourinho. I thought Mourinho was past it, but <laughs> but I mean, it's it's just not that much room for error. But in terms of also uh, Rabio, I mean, I said it in the Slack channel that I think Rabio in this sense really does remind me of just a Matuidi, just a you know more technical and more like capable uh, Matuidi but yeah the same way I mean he was also put on the left of midfield generally starting in the center of midfield but also put there as kind of a you know stopgap measure and um, you know can perform a job there defensively and reasonably well offensively but um, surely that's just a uh, temporary measure as uh, Chiesa gets back to fitness so uh, yeah let's see I mean you know there are a lot of still a lot of issues Juve is working out I think things are stabilizing and we're kind of getting an idea of what the first uh the top 11 or the best 11 is but let's just hope it's not too late you know let's uh let's hope we haven't you know lost so much ground that it's uh yeah that it's insurmountable but yeah four match days but still i mean there's just not much room for error well that, that's the tough part about this too is that you know we you see we're recording here on monday you see napoli win pretty convincingly they're already 10 points ahead of juventus Simone Inzaghi has started real, you know, pretty well with Inter. They're eight points ahead of Juventus. Milan's eight points ahead of Juventus. Roma's seven points ahead of Juventus. And hey, our 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 old buddies at Viola Nation are pretty damn happy because Fiorentina's right there with Roma. So there's not only a lot of teams Juventus has to go through to even start sniffing at a European place or the top six, I guess, because it's so early. We shouldn't really be talking about that, but. There, there's just a lot of points to make up and the way this team is playing, you know, you, you just don't know what you're going to get from one game to the next. And, and in the sense of, of, you know, talking about the mistakes and the missed opportunities and the drop points and feeling like we've been saying the same thing for a year, you know, it's the same thing that we were saying with, with Pirlo, right? Like it's just, it's not bad result necessarily, but it just, it makes your margin of error that much slimmer. And, and it, it keeps happening but like that like just said i mean we're already 10 points behind the leaders you know say what you will it's match day four i know and i've been preaching the whole be patient but at some point just the math doesn't really add up and if you're already 10 points down that means that you're going to have to make those points up by beating napoli by beating inter by beating all of these teams that are ahead of you it's it's hard for me to make the case that right now, as it stands, this team is capable of getting those results. It really is hard for me to make the case that that really my entire argument for this team, get, you know, not being completely out of it is that I think they will be better. I think they will improve. I think, you know, we've seen enough from Allegri, from this team, from a lot of factors that I think they will improve and they will get better. If that happens in January, I don't know how, you know, I don't know if really they're going to be in the thick of, you know, really competing for the top spot in Serie A. If this happens in a couple of weeks, I think that there's still, you know, 
they can still make it up, but they're going to have to start putting the whole performances, you know, on the field. Because right now we're seeing seven good minutes, 60 good minutes, 45 good minutes. They haven't really put together a full game yet. When you look at it and the schedule, unfortunately, doesn't necessarily add a whole lot of, say, two, three-week runs where there's a soft point in the schedule. You know, you look at it, and midweek they've got Spezia this week and then Sampdoria, okay, that's a couple games where, you know, teams that aren't very good are on the schedule. But then they've got Chelsea, then the Turin Derby, and then it's Roma, and then it's a trip to to Russia. And it, it's just the schedule, say, you know, last season, there it seemed like a lot of the the big games were kind of lumped together. And now it's it's like there's there's and especially in the second half, knowing how the the schedule is going to jump around and not be, you know, mirror what the first half has to offer. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay optimistic, but when there's games like yesterday where Juventus should win and then they don't up winning, it's just it it's almost like a punch to the gut because you 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 wanted so much more from that result and you just you just didn't get it. Yeah, at this point, of course, it is just one game at a time, and you know. I mean, that's a cliche, of course, but it is really um, just taking it one, t- one game at a time. Uh, if we start looking too far ahead, then, yeah, it does become awfully daunting. Very winnable games in the next two in the next two games. And then, well, will other teams draw points? I don't know. You, you never know. At the end of the day, it's really just building some momentum. I mean, we haven't had really any type of momentum since, uh, I mean... Sorry, really. <laughs> and you know, you know, the type of momentum that like a team like Chelsea or Inter had. I mean, Inter, you know, won how many games consecutively? I mean, that's you know that uh, yeah, that type of momentum. Uh, you really just have to build that. And yeah, like I say, you just had to take one game at a time, and just yeah, keep seeing improvements. Again, I mean, we have improved uh, based on you know Malmo and Milan were two heavily improved games, but yeah, I mean, what now? <laughs> and and also we got to say we've been pretty lucky with injuries so far um, not too many injuries I can think of off the top of my head um, of course our tour but yeah I mean I, that's that's a positive point Akiz is back to semi full fitness um, so yeah I mean just one game at a time and personally I still stand by my expectation that we'll we'll get top four but I don't think we'll win the title but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and also with someone like Locatelli settling in, that's another good sign. So, yeah, you just have to build on the good signs, which I can't believe I'm saying that as, an, as a non-optimist. I'm saying that. So, uh, yeah, let, let's see. Give me two wins. Give me two wins. Beat Spezia, beat Sampdoria. Don't get embarrassed by Chelsea. And, like, I, I think that's a little bit of momentum because right, right now it'd be unreasonable to ask Juventus to beat you know, a, a team like Chelsea, the defending Champions League, uh, you know, winners, a team that is, you know, far and away, I think, a better team as it currently stands. Uh, just get those two wins, get a positive result against Chelsea. That doesn't even have to be points. That just, like, just be competitive. And and I think we can start building a little bit, uh, a little bit of, of, of momentum, as Chuck said, because after that, I'm seeing here that uh, they play Torino. That's another game that that's kind of there for them if, if they if they don't screw it up. So I think that, you know, get it out of the way, finally get a win in Serie A. I think that just mentally, I think that that's going to be huge. So 
this this couple games it's a good opportunity to like like chuck said like danny said just build on the good things settle down start getting results stop being like so in your in your you know mind about it and and maybe let's start you know rescuing the season and also in fairness just to kind of you know put a bow on it you know, against Udinese, we really weren't that bad. Like, I'm thinking all the way back, you know, first game of the season. We were really quite good against Udinese. And then, I mean, things just completely swung, you know, out of control when, obviously, Chesney made those two pretty glaring errors. And then, I mean, then everybody freaked out, obviously, and, you know, things went downhill from there. But, yeah, you take away two clearly individual errors, then you have a very good game there. Okay, Empoli was just bad. You know, okay, chalk that off. To just a bad game. Napoli, uh, yeah, it was unfortunate. I think we were, again, same old story, good first half, kind of poor second half, but I don't think it was a disastrous performance against Napoli. It could have certainly been better. Um, and then, yeah, Milan, again, good first half, a good, you know, yeah, 60 minutes or so, and then just poor 20, 20 to 30 minutes at the end. So, it's weird. I mean, yeah, you look at it game by game. I mean, it, was it, have we really been that catastrophically bad? Have we really been relegation, you know, caliber team? I mean, I don't really think so, which is, yeah, strange. I mean, it's very paradoxical. But um, I also see kind of Champions League and Serie A separately. So, you know, I've already kind of assumed that we're going to lose at least one game against Chelsea. So I just, I mean, I just accept that. Um, Zenith are actually better, really. Quite, yeah, quite a lot better than I thought. Um, I was watching the Zenit game, Zenit against Chelsea game at the same time as the Juve Malmo game. And uh, yeah, I mean, Zenit could have stolen. I mean, they could have taken a point away. And at a point, they really could have gone ahead. So yeah, they're going to be tougher than uh, tougher than uh, I thought. So that, that those are really the, the two, those two games against Zenit, though, that, those are really the games I'm like, okay, you know, sit up, sit up and really pay attention to that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Chelsea game, uh, you know, I've already basically chalked off at least one loss against them. So I'm really focusing most of my attention on, on the league. Yeah, like you said, I, I don't think they had any particularly bad performances outside of the Empoli game, which I think that was a disaster top to bottom. There's been good things. In every game, there's been good things. So it's just about... It's just about putting it together. And in a weird way, like you said, Udinese, they played a solid 45 minutes. Napoli, I think they played a solid like 50, 60 minutes. Milan, I think they put together a solid 70 minutes. I see where he's going here. They're building to it. They're building to it. Give them a couple <laughs> more matches. Maybe we start seeing like 80, 85, 90 good minutes. So, you know, who knows? Well, as the great Phil Collins once said, give me that one more night, oh. one more time. <laughs> Just give me that one more night. Well, since Chuck's put a not only a bow on it, but brought in a Phil Collins reference, should we go to some Twitter questions, guys? If it's got a saxophone solo in it, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First question here from at Roger of Thornhill 5. During the Malmo game, Delict played a very high defensive line, which caused a lot of problems for Malmo. It caused a lot of turnovers for the opponents. Any thoughts on why we don't see this more often? Um, yeah, I'll take that one first. It, the thing about playing a high line is it's it's very much a collective effort. Uh, you can't just have one player playing a high line and everybody else being like, oh, well, you go, Matthijs. Um, no, you, you really have to make a collective effort. Yeah, and a high line really, 
to make it consistently work, everybody has to press. Not only that, everybody has to have the fitness and most importantly, the speed to play a high line. Uh, because yeah, you think about it, you're playing a high line, you have all that space behind you. So, okay, what happens if one or two balls go through, which inevitably, you know, you're always going to make, you know, one or two mistakes that happens. Um, so yeah, when that ball goes through, someone needs to have the pace or at least two or three people in the defense need to have the pace to recover, um, to kind of, you know, clean up the mess. The lift is probably the only one that has the pace, uh, to do that. Well, Alexandra maybe as well. Um, yeah, and then Cuadrado from the other side. But, I mean, you really want to have your both your center backs be able to recover um, like that. And, yeah, I mean, Chiellini and Budunci aren't going to, you know, turn and recover. And, yeah, I mean, the, the press starts from the front. I mean, look at a team like Liverpool at their, at their height. You know, the press started from the front with that probably one of the best pressing front three of Salah, Mane, and uh, Firmino. So, um, yeah, it's just a collective effort that has to start from the front and i mean i don't think we have the team to press um the entire unit to to play that high line um so yeah i mean it, it can work in certain instances certain isolated instances against you know teams like malma but yeah i'd be a little leery about using it against like an inter or uh, milan <laughs> all righty here sergio we'll uh we'll throw the next one to you from at dj abides could a keen Morata up top, Dybala just behind them, Chiesa, Locatelli across the middle, Sandro, Delic, Bonucci, Danilo in the back kind of potential lineup work? What would you change, if anything at all? I know that's a lot, so. Yeah, I'm just trying to mentally picture that in my <laughs> head. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I think that lineup, I think it has only one midfielder. Or, or am I counting wrong? I, I think, think it's one, one, one midfielder in Locatelli, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you would have to pair someone with him. But overall, I, I actually in during the international break, uh, we did a mailbag, and I kind of threw out there what I would, you know, play with just just because of the players that they have, and the way I think they they can get the most out of everyone. And and to me, that's a full four four two. Actually, not all that dissimilar them from what we're seeing right now, Juventus play, the, the ad was that instead of Rabio playing on the left, playing there, which, you know, I think I, I still stand by the fact that Chiesa is, is a better player on the right, but with Juan Cavadrado in the shape and the form that he is in right now, that that's the only way that I can really see kind of having your two best wide players out there at the same time. So it would have to be like a Morata Dybala forwards with a four-man, you know, midfield line of Chiesa, either Bentancur or Rabio with Locatelli, Cuadrado, and then a four-man, you know, back line, Delict, Bonucci, and you know, Alexandro and Danilo. I, I I would line up like that. I think that's the formation that gives you the most ability. It puts your most talented players on the field. And it's information that you don't really have to break the mold to get these guys to figure out. You don't really have to put them in a new position. You don't really have to, you know, figure them, teach them a new position or anything like that. That's just putting your best players in, in a good position to succeed. And, you know, I, I really do think that 
that that's something that they haven't done all that often. So yeah, I I actually don't think that the way they're playing right now it's all that different from the way that I would like to play them, see them play. I it's just that Federico Chiesa hasn't been fully fit, but I think that once that gets going, I really we're gonna see that that much of it. Yeah, this probably is our like you said that probably is our best lineup really. Um, yeah, the only maybe 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 the only change I'll make is take Danilo um, out and then put Cuadrado at right back and then put Chiesa on the, what was it, left? And then, um, sorry, on the right. Oh, man, I'm at, wait, mixing it up. No, actually, you know what? Just, yeah, wait, who, do I, who am I missing? Look at the Yeah, it's harder than it looks, huh? Just like, like yeah, it really is. <laughs> well, you're yeah, not writing it, it down. Blimey, it's not. It's yeah, a little more and you want and you want to criticize Max Allegri? You can't even. Think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a little more difficult than I thought. No, actually, yeah, scratch that. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, yeah. You know what? Scratch that. Actually, that that is our best lineup. Just Gaze on the left, and then Cuadrado and Danilo on on the right, and uh, yeah, Sandro left back, and uh, yeah, no, that is that is I agree. That is probably our best lineup. But, uh, you know, that begs the question, what happens when uh, Arturo becomes fit? Do we change formation? Does he become backup to, uh, to Locatelli? You know, that uh, will be an interesting uh, conundrum. Tiny circles happen, Chucks. Tiny circles. Oh, they're tinier than tiny. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap things up on a question here from our buddy David Desberg at the True RAC. And since he's asked... <laughs> I think he, he might be starting to run out of questions as he asked, uh, asks us so much that he's actually directed one at me. So, But he's he's given the note that any of you guys can chime in. So uh, other than the glass of bourbon that I mentioned in my post-game thread that I was going to have after the Milan game, what strategies have you been using to decompress and cope after crap Juve games? Let me just say that for me at least, and since this question is directed at me, I'll take it first, obviously. It depends on one, if I have to go to work right afterwards, or two, what time of day it is if I'm off of work. Because obviously if I'm going to work right after the game, I'm obviously I'm going to work in a bad mood. But if it's, say, a game that starts at 6 o'clock in Italy, that's maybe time for a, a sad nap or something. Anything earlier than that on a day off from work, I'm definitely going back to bed. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> well for me. It used to be video games to you know to an extent. I don't really play that much anymore. I don't really have time. All this adult responsibilities and all that. But yeah, it used to be video games. Uh, League of Legends. I used to play. It was a pretty decent support actually. Bottom lane. If anybody, I'm sure I don't know a lot of people play that game, so I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, it used to be a pretty decent support. Used to main my main character was like Leona, Zyra, and stuff. But uh, yeah, anywho, nobody cares. <laughs> but um, yeah, it used to be that uh, play some play some Kingdom Hearts and stuff. But yeah, I don't I just don't really have the time anymore for video games now. I don't know. I just I just move on, mate. You know, I just I just move on. I just say, well, you know, I mean, what are you gonna like Tony Soprano would say, you know, what are you gonna do, you know, what are you gonna do. So yeah, I just uh, man, I've, I've just come to come to peace with it, and just yeah, just come to peace with it. That's really it. Not a very exciting answer. I don't know. Read audio books. I like audio books. They they take me away. So <laughs> no, no, not a very exciting answer. I know. Honestly, it's writing. 
just writing the the you know the graphic after a game that's all that's usually my consolation because the, the worst like the most boring part of writing is when you write about a game that nothing happened i remember when i started uh, writing for for the blog there were a lot of uh you know allegory era matches and like one nil or two one and there was really not a lot like it was just a oh when like there was really not a lot to write about so just now when they lose i'm like okay this is gonna be fun because it's always more fun in my opinion to write when they're doing badly because you get fun at it and it's i don't know it's it's just more enjoyable more entertaining and whenever it's not whenever it's like a loss like one of those heartbreak gut punch losses not a drug once upon a time when we made it deep into the champions league you know and, and then they would lose in the final or in the semifinals or whatever it was just like a long walk like you just walk for a while and that would work for me i remember when they lost the the final the the cardiff final against real madrid uh, i was with my brother i went to see it with my brother and we we're having like like wings and beer and whatnot and when they i think it was like three one or four one i don't remember i just gave him money to pay and i was like i'll see you back home and we were not close to home and he got kind of worried but i i didn't care i was like i'll just see you back home i'll figure it out and i just walked like i don't know, like three four miles and that was pretty pretty cathartic that was a pretty good way to to get my mind off it so yeah that that's the short answer i guess walk just give it long Long, nice, peaceful walk. I'm walking away from all the troubles in my life. <laughs> Sorry, that, was, that just came up in my head. To kind of tag along on, on, onto that one, I think the most jarring losses that really were like a breaking point for me were kind of combination of the Real Madrid loss. Not, not, the, not the final, actually. The I mean, that one hurt too, obviously. But the... The one where we came back 3-0 and then that last minute penalty by Ronaldo that like, you know, was 3-1 and then, you know, we crashed out. That one hurt my, my God, that one, that one really, really hit me. And the Ajax loss as well of, what was it, two years ago or three years? I forget exactly what. Kind of those two losses really made me think like, okay, maybe I'm like too emotionally invested in this game. Honest to God, like I really had like a, I don't know, kind of a coming to Jesus moment, like, bro, like, I don't know if I can like do this anymore, you know, like do this, this sport and just this, this fanship and like fandom and all that stuff. And I did take a bit of a step back in terms of emotional attachment to the game. So maybe, maybe that's kind of why I'm a little better able to deal with losses, but, but yeah, no, those two losses, and then plus kind of the Real Madrid Cardiff loss uh, as well, because that was that was the year it should have been. You know, that was the year it was like now or never. And then, well, it was never. It was never. Well, on that happy note, <laughs> we will. I'm walking away. I'm going to hit another Phil Collins song or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for all of your Twitter questions this week. As always, you can send that to us at Juventus Nation on Twitter. You can also follow us there as well as on Facebook at Black and White and Red All Over. You can use that Black and White and Red All Over search term for finding us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
for Google Podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, Chucks and I were both on podcasts within the last week or two. Chucks, give your podcast appearance a plug. Yeah, sure were. Um, I was on the Football Kits Memories podcast with Craig McFarlane. McFar- McFarlane, yeah, McFarlane. Um, I want to make sure I pronounce that right. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we talked about just my favorite, yeah, jerseys. Uh, I talked about the, let me see, the Uruguay 1930 kit. Uh, just, you know, just because that was the very first World Cup. Um, and then my hometown club kit as well. And also the Juventus 2017-2018 home jersey. I think that was home. Uh, yeah, the 2017-2018 home kit. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And that is the jersey you wore in a lot of your book videos, correct? Yes, yes, correct. It is indeed. And I was also on a podcast talking about Juventus with a guy named Craig, but this was with Craig Hansen over at Sportacos.com. So if you want to go over there, check that out. We talked about Juventus things of past and present. You can also find those two podcasts embedded within a post on our website. So please check it out there at blackandwhite.com. And if anybody wants to have Sergio on so we can not have him feeling left out, feel free to ask Sergio to be on the podcast. So with all that being said, for Chucks, for Sergio, and for the new dad, Sam, once again, congratulations to the the Prestes. Say that three times fast. And this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week.